Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01-005. Uh, it's a huge day of sporting news today. The fallout continues from Quinton de Kock walking out on the South African cricket side at the T20 World Cup. A courageous day for Josh Cavallo and Scott Morrison and Dan Andrews seem to be on different pages in regards to the Australian Open. Your say on the news of the day. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. Sam Hargraves with you. Great to have your company. However you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, I hope you've had a, as good a day as you possibly can in whatever circumstances you're currently in. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to have your say on the news of the day. And that's what Time On is, a recap of all the major sporting stories from the day, all the major conversations that have gone on, and then your view on said news and said conversations. 0433 is the way you can text us as well on the 10th. Temper text, temper a mattress like no other. But I'd love to hear from you. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Thanks to everyone that got tested today, everyone that got vaccinated today, and all the frontline workers. You are out and out superstars. Uh, it's a big day of news today in many areas of sport. Um, I'll get to all the scores of the day in just a moment as well. But let's start with the good news story of the day, and it certainly is um, Josh Cavallo, uh, Adelaide United player, who has uh, come out and is the first openly gay A League player and soccer player all around the world from what we understand. And at the moment, um, he becomes the only uh, known openly gay um, Australian male pro athlete, um, which is extraordinary to think of that that's where we're still at at the moment when it comes to men's sport in this country. So incredibly courageous uh, and uh, a a landmark day. And and well done to Josh Cavallo, who had this to say today. Uh, He sat down with Simon Hill and it came through thanks to Channel 10. Hi everyone, it's Josh Cavallo here. I'm at my home here in Adelaide. There's something personal that I need to share with everyone. I'm a footballer and I'm gay. Growing up, I always felt the need to hide myself, you know, because I was ashamed. And ashamed I'll never be able to do what I love and be gay. You know, hiding who I truly am to pursue a dream I always wished for as a kid. All I want to do is play football and be treated equally. I'm tired trying to perform at the best of your ability and to live this double life. It's exhausting. It's something that 
I don't want anyone to experience. I thought that people would think of me differently when they found out. They would start treating me differently. They would start saying bad things about me or making fun out of me. That's not the case. If anything, you will earn more respect from people. Coming out to my loved ones, my peers, my friends, my teammates, my coaches has been incredible. The response and support I have received is <laughs> immense. It's starting to make me think that why have I been hiding this burden for so long? I want to inspire and show people that it's okay to be yourself and play football. It's okay to be gay and to play football. You know, I want to show all the other people that are struggling and that are scared, you know, whoever it may be, that don't act like someone you're not. Be yourself. You are meant to be yourself, not someone else. Through my coming out, I'm excited to open up, to show everyone the Josh Cavallo, to show the true Josh Cavallo. I'm Josh Cavallo, I'm a footballer, and I'm proud to be gay. Uh, huge respect for Josh Cavallo. Uh, that takes a lot of courage to do that and a lot of guts uh, to become the first openly gay A-League player. And from what we understand, uh, at the moment, the only openly gay soccer player around the world. And at the moment, the only openly gay pro male athlete in Australia. So congratulations to him, the club as well providing the environment that he felt comfortable to do that to the A-League. Not an easy thing to be the first in this space and to navigate uh, this in men's sport in particular. It hasn't ever, it hasn't really been an issue in, in women's sport who have done this well and it's just uh, a part of uh, women's sporting life now and it, it doesn't carry with it what maybe it still does in, in men's sport. So um, we know that there's been Wallabies prop Dan Palmer come out in recent years after he finished as a player and then returned to the game as a coach. Ian Roberts, of course, in the NRL played uh, from 1995 when uh, he came out as uh, being gay. And um, in the NFL recently, there was Michael Sam in the 2014 draft. Carl Nassib recently, the first openly gay active player on an NFL roster. So it's, it, is a, it is quite astounding that it's taken this long to, to get to this point. So it is a significant moment and hopefully does then pave the way for other athletes, especially male athletes, to, to feel safe enough that they can just live their life openly and honestly. Um, it's obviously then encouraging but on the leagues, the clubs, fellow players, the fans, and also the media uh, to create that safe environment and workplace. Uh, and it's also incumbent on everyone to respond in the appropriate way, to give the praise, the respect and the acceptance, but obviously not to make it a, a circus either. And I don't profess to speak on behalf of, um, of anybody, but when I've spoken to people I know that are gay, they've said that the reason why they feel that it hasn't happened uh, in men's sport in particular is it, there's the, 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 the label that men becomes attached to everything that that person does, and that's a lot to carry with you. It's a lot to be the person that's forever going to be known as uh, the first uh, in that space, and that's a lot of pressure. So hopefully we give this the absolute respect and uh, acceptance and praise that it deserves, but not make it uh, a circus and have it as the byline of everything he does in sport because hopefully it is an inspiration for other people that we get to the point where it doesn't need to be an announcement. It doesn't, you know, you don't need to make an announcement to live your truth. You can just live it, which would be a wonderful place uh, to get to. So well done uh, to him. Uh, well done to the A-League and well done to the club. Um, 
and hopefully it's something that we get to a point of very quickly where it doesn't need uh, an announcement. It just means it just needs him to be able to live his life and be able to do that um, and feel safe and secure in being able to do that without having to make the announcement around it. Uh, so well done. That's a really positive story today to, to get things started. And it is a day where there's a lot of complex uh, issues that are being discussed. Um, First and foremost is uh, what's happening with Quinton de Kock, who walked out on the squad at the T20 World Cup and the story around that, as we know, when the uh, Cricket South Africa um, gave an edict down to the players that after what they saw before the first game against Australia, where some players elected to kneel, some uh, stood with a fist raised and others stood with their hands behind their back, like Quinton de Kock did... Um, that they wanted a unified approach and they uh, sent down uh, an edict that all players would need to take a knee uh, before the game and uh, that didn't sit comfortably with Quinton de Kock who has withdrawn from that game and it would appear from... It would appear, for all intents and purposes, that he's withdrawn from the entire squad. Um, so that has been a major discussion point today. Let's recap the response throughout the day. We'll start with Jerry Waitley's editorial uh, on this issue uh, mornings uh, with Jared Waitley, or Waitley every morning from 9am on SEN. If you tuned into the cricket last night to unwind, to escape, to immerse yourself in sport, it very quickly became clear that events surrounding South African cricket would afford you no such luxury. Politically, culturally and emotionally, you were challenged to examine beliefs and understandings. It's why I've always believed sport isn't a distraction from the real world. Sport is a reflection of life. To take a knee in the cricketing sphere has been adopted as a gesture to decry racism in the wake of Black Lives Matter. Michael Holding has gone to great lengths to explain its significance and importance. Many a team, including Australia, grappled with how to support cricketers of colour before ultimately finding a unified position. And Holding's counsel proved pivotal in some of those discussions. In the tournament opener at the T20 World Cup, South Africa's players had various approaches. It was conspicuous and it drew much comment. Last night, Cricket South Africa issued a directive for its players to take a knee in a united and consistent stance against racism. The board in Johannesburg acknowledged the freedom of choice of players and then chose to override it. Quinton de Kock, South Africa's best player, removed himself from the match rather than follow the direction. He subsequently has removed himself from the team's setup and his future in South African cricket. It looks like there is none. Jerry Whiteley today, uh, SEN.com.au, uh, to get the podcast of his show. Uh, Gary and Tim right across this uh, story this morning, and a fantastic get from them. Uh, Lungani Zama is uh, a journalist with The Guardian uh, in South Africa who knows Quinton de Kock personally. Uh, he spoke to Gary and Tim this morning as his story unfolded. They sent an instruction to the team 25 minutes before they started the match, and or they left the hotel for the match. And Quinny just took umbrage at the fact that, you know, there was an instruction given with no choice for players. But you would have thought they would have had some sort of um, plan in place prior to this World Cup starting? Yeah, I think that's probably what's pissed off a lot of people, really. Um, within the, that camp, that the timing of it could have been a lot better, given, given the amount of time that South Africa have had to take a, a definitive collective stance on it and 
they've almost made up the rule in the middle of the tournament ahead of a must-win game. And previously, the the previous board had said to them that every player is allowed to express themselves in whichever way they deem fit. And to suddenly change that on the eve of such an important match, um, you know, I'll qualify it by saying that Quentin de Kock, if you're asking me if he's racist or against Black Lives Matter, I'll unequivocally say no, because I know him personally and I know the work that he's done to improve the lives and the experiences of black players and black people around him for years and years, long before Black Lives Matter was was a trend on social media. So, Lugani, why then wouldn't he have taken the knee, do you think? I think because the constitutional rights was taken away from them, it was an instruction from the boss when it hadn't been previously discussed. And I added to that, he, I, from my conversations with him before on it, he sees it as a, as a, as a token gesture which has been watered down to, to almost mean nothing. It's something that you have to do to be seen to be doing the right thing. But his his preference is to actually do the right thing, which he does in the way that he lives and the way that he interacts and the way that he treats people of all races. Lungani Zama, uh, a journalist from South Africa from The Guardian who knows Quinton de Kock personally. Uh, it was a fantastic uh, interview and a great insight as this story sort of came to light early this morning. Uh, Adam Gilchrist, one of our greatest ever, spoke to Gerard Waitley uh, about the issue. Uh, it seems that uh, Quentin de Kock is very active in being um, pro-Black Lives Matter or certainly supporting um, you know, people of colour within that country. And we all know the history uh, that, that has long lived in, in South Africa and, and the frightful, um, you know, challenging situations that uh, people of colour have had for so long and, and they're trying to rectify that. So what action is is more powerful than than actually carrying it out uh the you know the the deeds and the and and living it day in day out more than just what quentin feels is a token um gesture which uh, i i think that the the gesture if it's going to help people move forward and and heal and and create a, a stronger future and partnership and going hand in hand together into the future well, the gesture, it, it's probably worth doing, but I think here it's more about, for Quentin, being told he has to do something when he doesn't necessarily feel you know, that he wants to do it or it feels that's the, the need to do. It's just become a bit tokenistic in his opinion. So that's where I see the clash. Adam Gilchrist with Jerry Whiteley today, SEN.com.au to hear the full chat or just get it on the SEN app. All the podcasts are up there uh, in itemised interview or full show, everything at your fingertips. Uh, Malcolm Speed, former ICC CEO, uh, so has experience running the game in this country, as Jared calls him, the godfather of sports administrators and running the game internationally, spoke about uh, Cricket South Africa's um, stance. Now, this takes a, a further step, Jared. what we're... Uh, we're seeing here is a positive obligation. So it's not a that you can't do this. This is you must do. Uh, you you must uh, take uh, take a uh, knee. You must take a stance uh, for Black Lives Matter. It, it takes it into a an ethical, a moral issue. And uh, I, I thought the comments that we've seen so far really highlighted pretty well. It's uh, it's an issue where uh, where imposing on players an obligation to support 
uh, a moral issue and that takes it an extra step uh, from where we've been in the past. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, there'll be a lot of commentary on that. My personal view is that no, that, that uh, uh, cricket boards should not be able to go that far and direct players on ethical or moral issues. And if we think about uh, other ethical moral issues, so sexism, homophobia, uh, we could make a list of other issues like that. If we start uh, telling players this is the view that you must take on these issues, that takes it a step too far in my view. Uh, given the situation in uh, South Africa, Jared, and, and we need, when I say we look at it through the Australian perspective, looking at it through the South African perspective, it's it, it, it's quite different. Uh, I, I, yes, I think Quentin would, uh, his, his career is is uh, has been derailed. Whether there is a way back for him, uh, it's it's too early to be writing him off completely. But that doesn't look good. So uh, obviously a very complex issue, and uh, we've heard from Jared Whateley there, Lungani Zama, a journalist from South Africa, knows Quinton de Kock personally, Adam Gilchrist, Malcolm Speed, uh, and you can have your say one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So it's important that we hear in there what you know Quinton de Kock has done that, that uh, has done real work in the space, uh, making black people and black cricketers' lives better, according to Longan, uh, Lungani Zama. Um, and that he thinks that this act is tokenistic and doesn't want to be told what to do. He'd rather just go and do the work rather than make the gesture. It, it, it seems to me that when you're looking at it from a cricket point of view, that that seems very what I want, me, 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 to that. And I don't discount anything that everyone said there. It's great to get that background about what he does behind the scenes and the great work that he has done in the space. But when it comes to the actual tournament, to walk away from it has made it very much about, well, I don't want to be told what to do. This is, you know, this is, a, this is more now about him rather than the actual issue. It would seem, too, that when I would look at it, and I'm a white man, so I wouldn't ever presume to say to anybody of colour that Black Lives Matter is tokenistic. I'll let them tell me. I'll just sit and with open ears and an open mind um, and an inquiring mind and ask the question, well, is this... He's absolutely entitled to the view that it could be tokenistic, but maybe that's a conversation to be had with the teammates. And if it's important to your teammates, if it means something so significant to them and something that's so deeply felt for them, and we've heard the West Indian cricketers talk about how important it is for them. Obviously, it's really important for his captain, Temba Bavuma, the first black South African cricket captain. It's clearly very important to him, especially given what's happened with Mark Boucher behind the scenes as well of recent times. And if, if I was in that team and they were telling me it was important, I think I would probably fall in step with them because it was important to them it it's a significant issue for them and it doesn't cost me anything to 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 take a knee um and they're now saying that they'll support him and what he needs so that generosity um has been presented back to quinton de cock from his teammates um to say that we'll support you um his his captain has said, um, yeah, he's 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 a human being. He's his own man, and we support him. He's still one of the boys, um, but he has walked out on the team, hasn't he? Um, if my teammates told me that this was something really important to them, then I'd be all in because that's what being a great teammate is all about. It doesn't cost me anything to be supportive of them in something that is so important to them. Um, should cricket boards be telling players? what to do on specific issues? No, they shouldn't. Um, but why has it got to that point would be another question. Why hasn't this been something that the players have established? In the tour against the West Indies, um, 
Kikikso Rabata, I think it was, said, even though not everybody is kneeling, um, we're okay with that and we support each other. Um, so that is something to be taken into consideration as well. But how has it got to that point? I thought the captain was an absolute class act in his press conference after it. But I also think that Quinton Nacock has left the team in the lurch. He's one of their best players. Sometimes it's not all about you. And should they should the, the cricket ball be telling him what to do? No, of course not. But maybe address that after the World Cup. Maybe stick with the team, play your role in hoping to help them have some success and address that after because I agree with the fact that they shouldn't be mandating to players but the team itself is responsible for how they respond on a, a certain issue and we're still yet to hear from him and he absolutely deserves to be heard, to be listened to, to be empathised with just as his teammates have said. Um, but this has now been made really more about Quinton de Kock rather than the actual issue. So who is helped more? Who does it help more to, to, to be generous? Does it, does it help his, his teammates who believe in this so deeply for him to, to, to be in support of them? Um, or is it all about helping Quinton because he doesn't want to be told what to do? So I would, in, if it was me, I'd be turning to my teammate saying, what would you like from me? What do you need from me on this really, really complicated, you know, deeply felt issue that has its own history in every single country and it has a unique history in South Africa as well. Um, if the team had set up an established response, um, then I think that's where it needs to be left to. And maybe that's exactly what's happened and maybe that's what he's got an objection to. But I certainly don't like the fact that he's walked out on them. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. that whole you can't tell me what to do, it's automatically made it about him, not about the team. And so, like when you say, when we hear Tom McDonald say, "Well, I don't believe in mandating vaccinations, but I get it done for the team." Nick Natanui saying, "I got the vaccination done for everybody else." That's you know, I'm not comparing COVID and racism, so don't jump down my throat on that. But it it it, it is it just just does strike me that now it's become about him rather than about the team. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, And we are yet to hear from him, and he deserves the right to be able to explain um, exactly what's happening for him as well. So uh, as his captain has said, he will get the support. He's still one of the boys. Uh, he's still part of the team. But at the moment, he's removed himself completely from the team. It's a complex issue, I understand. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, And we'll make sure we do treat it with respect uh, and an open mind. This is Time On. Your say on the news of the day, SEN. Well, same rules have to apply to everyone. If I wasn't double vaccinated when I got home from Glasgow, I'd be doing two weeks of quarantine in Sydney. So the same rules apply to everyone, whether you're a Grand Slam winner, a Prime Minister, a business traveller, a student or whoever. Same rules. The, the so states will set the rules about the quarantine as they are. So they'll be able to come in and quarantine unvaccinated tennis players? Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's the rule. That's the rule that applies um, where they have those arrangements. Uh, there are many people who still come to Australia at the moment uh, under particular arrangements. Uh, but if you're not vaccinated, you'll have to quarantine in Victoria. I don't think that the person you indicated or any other tennis player, let's not personalise it, any other tennis player or golfer or, uh, or, or Formula One driver will even get a visa to get here. So it kind of becomes moot. But as Annika points out, professional sport is part of those authorised worker list and they have to be double dose vaccinated. The vaccine doesn't know, the vaccine doesn't care what your tennis ranking is or how many Grand Slams you've won. Uh, sorry, the virus does not care. Um, it's t completely uh, irrelevant. You need to be vaccinated to keep yourself safe and to keep others safe. 
So that's Scott Morrison, the PM, and the Victorian Premier, Dan Andrews, seemingly on different pages when it comes to what might happen for the Australian Open and whether or not unvaccinated players are going to be allowed to play at the Australian Open. So Scott Morrison was pointing out there that in certain circumstances um, that you can get uh, approval to come uh, into the country if you're not vaccinated and do a 14-day quarantine. Uh, but as Dan Andrews said today, that they won't be putting in any requests because the federal government control the borders, the state government are in charge of their quarantine, and they also set their own rules in terms of authorised workers and what those authorised workers need to be, and in this case it is double-vaxxed. So Dan Andrews has said that they won't be applying for any special uh, exemptions for tennis players, so it's really a moot point. So as we stand at the moment... You've got to apply for it, which Dan Andrews says Victoria won't do. But even if they were allowed into the country by the federal government, they wouldn't be allowed to play by the state government. And we wait. one three hundred seven three six 736 736 Your say on a few things. There's a fair few texts coming through. Just bear with us. We've got some phone issues at the moment. So if you're trying to ring through and it's not answering, um, we're not deliberately... We're not, we're not screening you. Uh, it's just that we're having some problems with some of the phone lines. Some are, are getting through and, and others aren't. So um, just bear with us. Muzz is in Geelong. G'day, Muzz. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. I'd like to first of all say congratulations to the young soccer player for coming out and, and breaking all the barriers in the world of um, telling us that he's gay and there's nothing wrong with that. It's excellent. Um, the South African Cricket Board should um, take a look in their own backyard and should have discussed this um, three or four months ago when they knew they were coming to the cricket. Um, and there's not I in sport or, or me it's a team game, so he still should have played. Mm. And then on Tuesday, mate, the clerk of the court, of course, I think that's how you pronounce it, at the races is going to be a female for the first time. Oh, there you go. I wasn't aware of that, Muzz. Uh, that's that's yeah, fantastic. And that, was, that, was, that was on Channel 10 Sports this evening. And the young lady um, uh, was diagnosed with cancer some years ago and didn't think she'd get to where she got. Oh, that's a great story, Muzz. Uh, that's a really positive one. Thank you so much. Always great to chat to you. Mark's in Bacchus Mars. G'day, Mark. Yeah, g'day, Sammy. How you going, dude? I'm good, thank you, mate. Mate, I'm not going to talk about right or wrong or the ethical debate of it all. With this whole Quentin de Kock thing, the only thing that bamboozles me is how can someone's career be destroyed because one of his fundamental human rights was taken away from him, being freedom of choice, and he expressed his displeasure at, at that. I don't understand how his, like I said, one of his fundamental rights was taken, or someone's fundamental right can be taken away from him, and that's freedom of choice, and then they complain about it, and then they lose their career. <laughs> it, it's, to me, completely illogical and upside down. Um, I don't think anyone's saying that they want to take his career away. It was him that made the choice to withdraw from the game. Mark, no one forced him out. He, he made the that's call. Right. That's right, because he's freedom of choice. And so his, the way he complained about it yep. happening the way it did and wasn't spoken about first and wasn't, you know, it was just like rammed down his throat. He mm. just, he just he put an objection up. That's how he objected. So for basically to complain... And that's the way he did it, to lose and then lose his career out of it, potentially lose his career out of it. To me, seems completely upside down. Um, and, yeah, I'd, 
it's just been doozy how something like that can happen. And I'm, yeah. But but no, but no one's but there's no one that's saying that he that, that he, I, I I agree with you, Mark. That that it's it's not a great look from the South African Cricket Board to hand something down uh, moments ahead of game two um, about how they want the the players to approach this issue. It should absolutely have been something that the team got on the same page. Well, maybe they did, and maybe this is where they landed as well, which we'll wait to hear from. But that wasn't um, communicated by the captain in the press conference after. I'm with you that that's something that he should absolutely be able to go and address with them, but he made the choice to not play. Nobody forced him out. Um, my view would be that, yeah, be, be, be disappointed that they're trying to tell you what you should and shouldn't do in, in, in a space like this. There are certain things that your employer absolutely uh, should tell you what you can and can't do, and you sign up for that, and that's part of work agreements, and, and we all understand how that works. But bring it up after the tournament, because he's left the team high and dry now, Mark. Well, see, like I said, I'm not talking about the ethics in a way of what happened here. I'm just saying here in a, in a way, how are we living in a world now where someone's fundamental rights can be taken away but who, and they object to it and their career and their career and livelihood can be can destroyed? How are we living in a who, world like I, that I'm now not sure, where someone not, dictates something to you? Mark, you tell say, me how he's... No, I don't like who's it. Who's destroying and his career? I'm, the, that's the part I don't understand. Oh, just explain well, that you to just me. Heard Malcolm's, well, go back to what Malcolm Speed just said. Go by a player, because I just heard that. He said it's not looking good for Quinton de Kock and for his career. But he He's said he can't see him playing for He said it doesn't mean it's over. He said, but it's not looking good for his career. But so that, but that might, he might have been meaning that that's because of the choice that he's making not to play at the moment. That's right. So I don't know if he's going to be from the I, South African. Okay, board, so you heard it as him not going to play. So you heard it as him saying that he'll be punished for that and never picked again. Is that how you heard? It? I heard Correct. it that I heard it that he it would mean that he might not come back. No, re- replay it and I, that and see how you, when you rehear it. If you look at it from my perspective, if you can hear that, that's how I read. No, sure. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Uh, saying, I'm not how you've heard destroyed? it. And that's what I'm saying to you. Just in general, how can we live in a world now? We've gotten to the point where. Someone, someone, an organisation or a committee can say, mm. putting out an instruction, we want you to do this, and which is, goes against their fundamental right of freedom of choice. They object to it. So then that, so then that organisation goes and destroys their career. It's how we live in the world like that now. But please, listen to, listen to Malcolm's story. Okay. One thing that annoys me, though, Mark, about this is that we seem to get more upset for Quinton de Kock seeming that his rights are being taken away, yet people want to chastise the players for exercising their right to do the kneeling in the first place. Um, that would seem hypocritical to me, too. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. Um, but no, th- I'm just, we, we, I'm not, I don't want to debate whether that's correct or incorrect in the ethics of what you know whether they should be doing it or not. I just want to know how can we live in a world now where you can get a directive which goes against your fundamental rights and freedom of choice. You complain about it, so then you get you get destroyed, and everyone seems to accept that. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't think anyone's accept. And I think you're jumping the gun, though. That's all I'm saying. Right, let's wait and see. You might be right. His career may be destroyed, and you might be 100% right. I think that's jumping the gun at the moment. At the moment, we're just in a situation where he has walked away, and that's where we stand. So you might just be jumping the gun for a minute. Uh, but I appreciate the call, Mark. Thank you very much. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're a bit late getting to the break. We'll come back and keep taking your calls. There's a, a heap of uh, texts coming through. I love the texts that are calling me a coward when you're texting in with no name <laughs> attached.
Uh, thank you very much. Uh, that That is the absolute epitome of irony, isn't it? And hypocrisy. Uh, you're t- calling me a coward, yet you're texting in with no name, <laughs> not even a location. Uh, it's That's wonderful, that is. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Appreciate Mark ringing in, though, because that's what it's all about, ringing in, having a conversation and a discussion uh, about this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 We'll work our way through some of the texts that have come through. Uh, before we do that, though, Dominic's calling from Melbourne. G'day, Dominic. Hi, Sam. Um, yeah, just probably about the South African cricket issue. have a little point of view. Um... I, um, I, I I guess probably it was more for you to probably... I, I probably wanted you to have a thing about some of the things probably you said in, with some of the callers. Something that re- resonated with me was, you know, when you said they should, you know, the cricketer should just take the knee, it's easier, it's, it, you know, pretty much it's easier, it's less problems, it's less trouble, but you got to have a think about, you know, that, that what you're saying in itself. I mean, where where did we get to the point where... A cricket board tells you, you will take a knee for this issue because we're telling you and, and we mm. think that's OK. Uh, I, I'm not, look, I'm not hardcore either way, but, and, and, and I really, you know, treating people, you know, the cause is a good cause, but, I mean, really? I mean, people have absolutely don't, we shouldn't even debate uh, anyone having the right to their opinion and and being forced to kneel down for mm. whatever issue, especially an issue where the guy's going to play a game of cricket, it's it's just not right, um, and it doesn't do anyone any good. You'll you all you'll do with with cricket boards forcing people to do that, you're gonna you're gonna have a, a situation where you force people like myself to take sides on the issue. It, it, it's it's never going to achieve. The, the goal of, of bringing people together to support what is a good cause. And on that, the cause is a great cause. We should always be kind and treat everyone fair. But I certainly um, have my views on the actual group Black Lives Matter, not the cause. You yeah. know, and some people, some people have a valid concern about the group, not the cause as well. Uh, Dominic, thanks so much for your call. I, I'm not sure if you heard me at the start, but in, in when I was talking about it, but I did say I don't like the fact that the Cricket Board of South Africa have said you must do this and the way in which it's done, the timing it's been done. So I absolutely agree with you on there. Uh, on that point, and I, and I mentioned that earlier, that, that that doesn't, and as Malcolm Speed said, that's probably not how they should have been going with this. It's a, Obviously, it's, a, it's a something that the team um, need to get together on and, and find a place on. Um, what I was saying was that by, by saying, no, I won't be told what to do, and I agree with that sentiment of, well, hang on, you can't tell me how I should be in this space. It's about what we agree to be uh, as a team in this space. I would have thought, though, to be a good teammate that you would stay with the team to continue on in the tournament uh, and then address that later on because I think it's fair enough to address that later on. I also, and I said, if it was me, and I didn't tell anyone else how to act, I said, if it was me and I had the view, and, and as we heard, Quinton de Kock has done a lot of real uh, real work in this space and we heard from the journalist Lungani Zama, uh, who knows him personally and said he has done more than many in, in cricket to, to better the experiences in cricket of black players. So that's, that's all fantastic. And, and from what he told us, that, that Quinton does believe that this has become tokenistic. So if I had that view, though, 
it doesn't really cost me anything to go to my teammate and say, hey, is this really important to you, my captain, um, Temba Bavuma, who's their first black captain, and say, if this is really important to you and it means something to you that, and, and, you, and you are passionate about this as my captain um, and as a human being, then I can, I can be in support of you on this. Because I think that's what being a great teammate is all about, giving of yourself. Uh, we've heard this, the, the West Indian players say how important this issue uh, that it is to them. Michael Holding has been a fantastic voice in this. So that was what I was saying. If it was me and I, ha- and I was in Quinton de Kock's shoes, that's probably my approach because it doesn't cost him anything. At the moment it is, well, I don't want to be told what to do. I have my view on this and I won't be told, so I'm going to go. That's a lot of eyes in there and, and that's very, and I believe, a bit inward in thinking, where it might just be for the betterment of the team and for his teammates who this is an important issue for, that he can be in support of that. And it may be just a, a symbol, but it means that he's still there as part of the team. He's still side by side with his captain uh, and he still maintains his part uh, in what that team is trying to do. That was where I was going with it. Did that, that clarify that for you, Dominic? Yeah, I, look, I agree with everything you're saying. And this is the, the point of why it's a difficult issue and why the South African board have created that. I believe that the players would have had these discussions. I, I think, mm. you know, we all understand a, being a team, being good teammates goes both ways and not just him understanding their, their, their views and what they need. They also need to understand his views yeah. and what he needs. Which, which the captain understand yeah. each other. Which the captain did say. He said he has our full support. He's still one of the boys. We'll give him every support that he needs because he's a human being. So they are absolutely uh, not turning their back on him. They are still very much um, wanting to, to to get around him to support him uh, as well. But but he's made the decision to to step away uh, and probably leaving that team worse off. Yeah, they got the win against the West Indies. It was a fantastic win too. But he is one of their best and most important players uh, as well. So when you look at the actual team element of it, the sport element of it, he's doing them a disservice in that space uh, as well. So that was what I was sort of getting to. But Dominic, nice to chat to you. Thank you for ringing in and sharing your view. Just, just, just sorry, one last thing. I think you're all on the same page. I think the players have all would all handle this, you know, well together. I think we can all see it's the bureaucrats that have caused the issue and that seems to be the case around the world with a lot of these issues it's the bureaucrats and the politicians that that have that are that have ulterior motives with a lot of these things and the players on the no doubt will handle it well themselves it's it's you know it's the it's the bureaucrats that cause the issues dominic thanks for that that might be the one we disagree on i think handling it well would have been staying with the team um airing your concerns and then taking the appropriate time to say that's not on for you to be dictating to us how uh, we should be responding to a social issue um and and to the issue of equality um in that way uh but thank you i really do appreciate the call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. uh here is uh, some of the texts that have come through uh uh, Mar- uh, Marie and Fitzroy, I think the problem with a lot of what the callers are saying is it's not an issue up for debate. It's about achieving equality for people who have been discriminated against for a long time. Taking a knee is not taking sides or expressing an opinion. It is simply signalling that all people are equal. That's it. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Marie. Uh, on Josh Cavello, uh, Michael says, well done, Josh, and I hope you inspire other male athletes to come out as well. Um, another one off the text, whether he believed it was a token gesture or not, taking the knee um, may have been prudent. 
Richmond. Um, another one off the text, Tim from Richmond. When people say his freedom of choice is being taken away, uh, forgetting that you have freedom of choice to drive on the wrong side of the road and kill people. Freedom of choice has limitations. If you care about the other people apart from yourself, if you don't, then you stand apart from the rest of us. Freedom of choice still has consequences that are not supportive of others, unless you are... <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to read that word, Tim. Uh, but thank you for the text as well. Uh, another one from Simon. Mark is spot on. Credit where credit's due. And Quinton's only choice, if he wants his voice to be heard, is to do what he did. Uh, Paul in Gippsland. Funny how those that support non-compliance see choice as a one-way street. Um, another one off the text. Good Quinton. Shouldn't have this garbage in the game. Get rid of it. Um, and this one off the text. Isn't it funny how everyone at SEN has the same opinion on this? Told what to say much? Question mark, question mark. What if the agenda that... The, what if the agenda that were pushing on those players was right-wing? The media would flip, especially if it was enforced as this is. Done with SEN, done with the mainstream junk sports. Every single one of you in the media think you have the right to tell us how to think. Critical thinking is doing it for yourself and not being told what you should think what you should think like you. Um, and for the per that person who said they were done is texting about another 10 times. Uh, but Sam, the more we do it, the less we will eventually mean because it will just become the normality before every main event. If we do it just a few times a year, it will mean something. That's from Steve in Niora. Um, Sounds like SAC has managed it poorly with the timing, the announcement, but de Kock has completely neglected his responsibilities as an international representative of South Africa. You're a pert team... You're a per of a, part of a team representing your country, Andrew, in Sydney. Knock it off. He didn't take the knee and people lose their minds, yet his captain didn't mind. Uh, correction, his team walked out on him. Please, if the cameras weren't on, they wouldn't even do it. You're just too scared to say otherwise. Fear of being cancelled. That's a snapshot uh, of all the views coming through off the text. You can call 1300 736 736. Uh, and Ronnie says, are you auditioning for Neil Mitchell's job? There's so much other sport going on. Last two nights has been political, but as a loyal listener, I will I'll listen through gritted teeth. Ronnie, I love you. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, 1300 736 736. Time on SEN. Uh, a couple of little bits of footy news. I uh, didn't get time to go through all the scores of the day. Apologies for that. But uh, when you call, we uh, want to answer the phone and discuss what you want to discuss. Uh, former Melbourne defender Jay Lockhart is set to be offered a lifeline by the Giants, according to Sam Edmund, one of four players delisted after the Premiership win against the Bulldogs in Perth. 25 years of age, 22 games for the club since joining as a pre-season sub-list player in 2019. Sam Edmund says a real chance to join the Giants in November's rookie draft. Free Mantle have committed to re-rookieing or redrafting as rookies Mitch Croden and Connor Blakely who they delisted uh, today um, in the upcoming AFL rookie draft uh, by moving Croden and Blakely to the rookie list. Fremantle now have 32 primary list players and five Category A rookies on their list and a, and a very, very good draft hand as well. Um, and Melbourne have announced that they're going to be doing a national tour, a national premiership tour in celebration of the 57-year drought being broken. Uh, Gary Pert, the CEO, spoke today reiterating that uh, the events, the third-party operated events being advertised at the moment have nothing whatsoever to do with the clubs in any way, shape or form. They're nowhere, in no way associated with the clubs, so they will be announcing a national tour of the Premiership Cup, the authentic Premiership Cup, not the replica that's, in the, uh, that's going to be going around uh, in... Uh, the other events uh, from the third-party operator. So uh, that's good news. And don't forget December 5th at the MCG uh, for a 
well, a celebration of what they achieved this year. Uh, T20 World Cup games on tonight. You'll hear England v Bangladesh uh, and Scotland v Namibia. Uh, thanks for all the calls and texts. Uh, a lot of what we t- discussed today, um, they're, they're serious they're serious matters. Um, just like in sport, they are in society as well. So I appreciate those who take the time to ring up and, and want to have a conversation about it. Um, we don't always have to agree, but to be able to hear each other out is really important. Thanks to all the texts that contributed in a meaningful way. I uh, appreciate those as well off the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Of course, global game up next uh, with Simon Hill. Or oh, is it a hey, driver's seat? The driver's seat is up next, I should say. The driver's seat is up next. Have a great night. Stay safe. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.